Chapter Three of the Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan. Chapter Three: When the Foxes Took to the Trees. Bang! Hold on there, Bumpus! You're crazy! Shouted Thad. Bang! went the other barrel of the new ten-bore gun, which the fat scout was determined he would sooner or later get a bear. Oh, he knocked him over, streaked Stephen, who had managed in some mysterious way to get possession of his own gun, and was visibly disappointed because it began to look as though he could not make use of it. Bubbas has killed a grizzly, shouted Giraffe, and then quick on the heels of this exultant cry, he added, No, he ain't either. Look at him getting up on all fours again. Ah, uh, here he comes. Lickety split a tree for me. They told us grizzlies couldn't climb trees, you know. Giraffe was as good as his word. He seemed to fairly fly over to the next tree, and the way those supple long legs wrapped around the slender trunk was a sight worth seeing. A panic broke out among the rest, especially when Thad shouted, Get up a tree, everybody, quick. Now he's coming right along. Now Stephen had his rifle and knew that it could be depended on to do its work, provided the marksman himself was there with the good aim. Stephen did not have full confidence in his ability to plant a bullet where it would do the most execution. Besides, the sight of the savage monster lumbering along and looking so very fierce gave poor Stephen an attack of the rattles. When he heard the scoutmaster call out for everyone to hunt a tree, Stephen felt that he must be included in that order. If all the others climbed to safety, it would be the height of folly for him to remain below. And not wanting to play the part of Casablanca, the boy who had stood on the burning deck whence all but him had fled, Stephen, dropping his gun as he ran, made for a tree that seemed to offer all the advantages of home. Just ahead of him was Bumpus, gripping a limb with desperation born of despair and struggling furiously to get one of his fat legs entwined above when he might hope to pull himself up. Stephen had no trouble in mounting on his side of the tree. "'Give Bumpus a hand, Stephen!' shouted the scoutmaster, already settled in a nest of his choosing. As one scout is expected to help another whenever the chance arises, doubtless Stephen would have rendered this first aid to the clumsy, even though Thad had not seen fit to call it out. There was really need of haste. The wounded bear was perilously near, and seemed to be heading straight for the tree where Bumpus was. Unable, in his excitement and fright, to draw his body up on the limb to which he clung, his face was white, and his eyes seemed almost ready to pop out of his head, as Stephen, bending down, caught hold of his coat collar. It looked as though the angry bear just knew which one of these campers had inflicted this pain upon him, and was bent upon revenge. But Stephen was strong. Moreover, the necessity of moving that unwealthy body of Bumpus was great exerting himself as the fat scout commenced to strain again. Stephen managed to get Bumpus up alongside him. Even then there was more or less danger that the grizzly might stand erect on his hind legs and be able to claw them. So the boys hastened to put more distance between their precious bodies and the furious beasts bear found that he could not reach any of the scouts he spent some little time rolling from one tree to another and looking up at the boys in the branches and sent forth 
loud growls. Scat, get out of here, shouted Giraffe. Say, he's a-going to try and climb up my thin tree here. Quit that, you old scamp. Look what he's doing, Thad. Why, he wants to shake me down like a big persimmons. The bear did actually shake the slender tree to and fro by exerting his tremendous strength. Giraffe had a few anxious moments. He had to hold on with all his might to keep from being dislodged. And then again, there was always a chance that the furious grizzly might actually snap the tree off. After a short time, the animal seemed tired of this sport, greatly to the relief of Giraffe. So he ambled away. Goodbye, old feller. Come again when you can't stay so long, cried Giraffe, whose courage returned when he realized that his safety was assured. But the bear did not have the remotest idea of abandoning his game. He smells our grub, that's what called out Bumpus. See him sniffing, and there he goes right at our stock of things. Oh, what if he gobbles up all that we have? What will we do stranded away up here? Gotta do something, boys, to chase him off, declared Allen. Oh, if I had some powder up here, I'd show him, declared Giraffe. What would you do, demanded Smithy, who for once had not waited to pick out a clean tree when he started to elevate? Why, I'd wet some powder and make those sputtering devils. You remember I used to carry him around with me? Then I'd get the old bear right under, put a match to a bunch of powder, and when it took to sending out sparks to beat the band, I'd drop it on his back. Well, but take my word for it, boys. He'd make tracks out of this in a cloud of smoke. Well, sir, why don't you do that and help us out of a bad scrape, demanded Bob White, whose hot southern blood fairly boiled at the ridiculous idea of eight wide-awake scouts being made prisoners by just one old bear. Several reasons, replied Giraffe calmly. In the first place, I don't have to have possession of a single match, even if I had the powder, which is not the case. And then again, I wanted to see our sagacious and resourceful scoutmaster work his little game. This caused all the others to turn their attention toward Thad. For the first time, they discovered that he was lowering a long piece of cord with an open loop, a few inches in diameter at the end. Oh, I know what he's hoping to do, sang out Bumpus. He wants to fish up Stefan's gun. That lies just below him, where Stefan dropped it. That's the stuff, declared Davy Jones excitedly as he watched the operation. But look at that bear, fellers, cried Giraffe. He's right at it now, chewing up our grub as if he could store away the lot of it. Guess he's forgot all about us. Don't you believe it, declared Allen. Watch me prove it. With that, he made as if to descend his tree. No sooner had his swinging legs attracted the attention of the bear than the uttering savage growls he abandoned his feast and came hurriedly over to look up at Allen with those cruel little eyes, as if inviting him to just try it. So Thad had to suspend operations until Bruin, overtaken by a desire to once more revel in camp stores, shuffled back again to the neighborhood of the twin tents. Don't coax him over here again, please, Allen, remarked scoutmaster, who was now busily engaged fishing with that loop cord, trying to drop the noose over the end of the little rifle, which, by a rare chance, was raised a few inches from the ground. The other scouts were all watching his labor, being deeply interested in the result. Now you got a bite, Thad, called out Giraffe. Give it to him, Thad, advised Stephen. But the fisherman was too cautious to risk so much. 
He wanted to slip the noose a little further along before he made a final jerk in order to try and tighten it. He's got his eye on you, Thad, warned Smithy, whose tree happened to be better located for observation than any of the other ones appropriated by his comrades. Yes, and there he's coming over to see what you mean by that string hanging down, asserted Giraffe. Somebody draws attention, called out Thad. Make him think you're meaning to drop down. It will give me the chance I need to finish my job. Yes, throw Bumpus down, Stephen, called out Giraffe. He was the cause of all this trouble, and he ought to sacrifice himself now in order to create a diversion. Keep away from me. Don't you dare touch me, Stephen. I'll pull you down along with me. If you try to do that, cried Bumpus, really alarmed. But Alan caught the idea Thad advanced. Besides, it just happened that he was well situated for carrying it out by going through some extravagant motions as though about to descend. He caught the attention of the bear, which immediately shuffled over to his tree and looked up. Meanwhile, Thad was not idle. He saw what he had done in order to make a sure thing of his work. Moving to one side a little, as the nature of his hold in the branches of the tree permitted, he jerked at his line until the loop actually closed tightly on the barrel of Stephen's rifle. After that, it should not be a difficult task to pull the weapon up. Quick, that he's coming, shouted the excited giraffe. In spite of all of Allen's cutting up, the bear seemed to think that he had better be paying more attention to what was going on elsewhere. Thad had raised the gun from the ground. It was slowly ascending through space and turning around as it came. The grizzly hurried underneath while Thad hastened to pass the cord through his fingers. And when the wise old bear, seeming to understand the case, reared up and striked the dangling rival, he just managed to give it a tap that started spinning around at a lively clip. Oh, gasped Raph, under the belief that all was lost. But Thad had made one last drag, and even as the other uttered that exclamation, the scoutmaster snatched the gun out of the air, but with that very last pull, the noose seemed to have slipped. Hurrah! Thad winds burst out from Stephen. Goodbye, old Charlie, mocked Bumpus. Better skip out while there's time if you know what's good for you. But the bear did not seem to be that wise. He remained there, winking those wicked little eyes up at Thad, as if daring him to do his worst. Give it to him, Thad, begged Giraffe so impatiently that he could hardly understand why the more careful boy should wait. But although Thad had never up to now encountered a wild grizzly, he had heard and read a great deal about them. And thus he knew that at times such an animal can be shot full of bullets, so to speak, without killing him. So tenacious of life is the grizzly bear of the Rocky Mountains. On this account, therefore, Thad wished to make all the capital possible out of the six bullets that were contained in Stephen's gun. Waiting until a good opportunity presented itself, he took a quick aim and then pulled the trigger with a report that came a tremendous roar, so savage, so full of pent-up animal rage, that Bumpus immediately proceeded to climb up to a still higher limb of the tree in which he had found shelter. He's down. No, he's up again. Give him another one, Thad. Oh, don't I wish I had my old reliable here, cried Stephen. The bear, even though desperately wounded, was still full of fight, and there could be no telling what the maddened animal might not attempt if given time that, taking careful aim, fired again. He really felt an admiration for the hard-fighting grizzly, such as all hunters worthy of the name Ferians toward the four-footed enemy that puts up a game battle for its life. 
There were four more bullets in the repeating rifle, and Thad had to make use of them all before he could really feel he had caused the last vital spark to flee from its abiding place in the body of the shaggy monster. But after the sixth and last shot had been fired, there was silence on the part of the terror of the mountain. The grizzly's last convulsive movement had taken place. No longer would he savage roar, echoing from cliff to cliff, cause all the other wild animals to flee. Hurrah! shouted Giraffe as he dropped to the ground. Is he surely dead? asked Smithy from his perch aloft. For the answer, the reckless giraffe ran up and placed a foot on the motionless body of the bear. End of chapter 3 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan